Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Welcome to the Play to Win podcast, where we talk about winning in CDH. I'm Dylan. I'm Tyler. And I'm Cameron. This week, we're going to be talking about the new cards from Crimson Vow that we think might see some play in CEDH. Uh, this episode is brought to you by Moxfield. Moxfield is the only deck building site that we use. They're especially good in preseason right now when cards are just coming out. Uh, if you want to follow along, make sure that you check our link down below. You can sort it by color, and you can follow all the cards that we're looking for today. And if you want to purchase those cards, you can do so right in the link down below. This time, instead of going from top to bottom, we're going to pull a fast one and everybody, and we're going to go bottom to top. Uh, so we're going to start off with a couple of honorable mentions. And the reason why these are honorable men- mentions is because these are reprints that already see play in CEDH. You know them, you love them, and we're going to get started off with Thalia, Guardian of Thraben. Uh, this is a 1 and a white for a 2-1 legendary creature, human soldier with first strike. Non-creature spells cost one more to cast. I don't, I don't know if either of you are like this, but this is the card when someone is like, what What do you mean by stacks? I'm like, read this card. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> that is stacks. Yes. Yeah. She's quintessential for that point. Making things much more difficult. The uh, One of the best taxing effects that we have, specifically because it allows you to play into creatures so you can not have as many non-creatures in your deck, play all around Thalia. Great in Blood Pod, great in Winota, great in any stack stack that is playing white. All the, other ver- all the other versions of this effect cost three mana, and this is nuts that this is at two. Except just- for the original, which is the two-mana artifact that does exactly what Thalia does. Yeah, but in white. Thorn of Amethyst? Thorn of Amethyst, which is what this You're is. You're right. The stick of Thorn of Amethyst. You can't yeah. block a Timna with Thorn of Amethyst. So. That's very true. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. this is a little, yeah, a little bit better That's than that. That's true, yeah. But besides that, this effect... Three mana normal. You're right. You're right. In white. But okay, that's Thalia. Our second honorable mention is a braid. This is one in a red for an instant. It says choose one, deal three damage to target creature, or destroy target artifact. I don't know if you've ever seen an episode of Play to Win before, <laughs> uh, but we only sing this card's praise. We underestimated it one time, and it was completely wrong to do so. Yes. Um, it's just versatile. It does everything that you need. If you're not in black-green, I think, and you are in red, because I think Abrupt Decay and Assassin's Trophy are still better, but Agreed. this card just it does a lot. If you're in Jeskai Colors, if you're in any of those, it just, just it kills everything that wants to be killed. Oftentimes, those are Dranith Magistrates and uh, Staxing Effects that uh, will not stop you from doing stuff. Winter Orb, Trinisphere, Thorn of Amethyst. <laughs> right, yeah, Thorn of Amethyst. And Thalia. Yeah, <laughs> and Thalia. It kills both of those things. Great. Yeah, exactly. And since they just gave us uh, Cathartic Pyre last set, it's it's kind of like they're sticking it, waving it around like, hey, don't forget. Don't this forget. Is, this is still an option still good. Too. Yeah, this one is still... Cathartic Pyre is no Abrade. No It's still no Abrade. All right, very nice. All right, so the next cards that we're going to talk about are, are multicolor cards, specifically the commanders that we will play or have played on the channel. I think we will play next week. Okay, great. That we will play on the (laughs) channel. If I'm timing this right. All right, so the first one, actually, we have another fastball we're going to pull on you if you're following along. We're actually going to skip over to the black cards. Stinks that this has to be in this section here because it really is multicolored for all intents and purposes. Uh, We're going to start off with Toxril the Corrosive. This is five and two black for a 7-7 legendary creature Slug Horror. This mythic rare says at the beginning of each end step, each, put a slime counter on each creature you don't control. <laughs> Stressing on these very important yes. words. <laughs> Creatures you don't control get minus one, minus one for each slime counter on them. Whenever a creature you don't control with a slime counter on it dies, create a 1-1 black slug creature token. And for a blue and a black, hysterically, you can sacrifice a slug to draw a card. If all that wasn't enough. 
Oh my god. Yeah, this is a fucking haymaker in blue black. Not only is it most importantly an infinite mana outlet, because if you can make infinite mana and you can cast your commander, you can use some of that mana for the blue black to sacrifice a slug, which your commander is, to draw a card, and you can use that infinite mana to keep recasting your commander and drawing your entire deck. That is good in its own right, and there are a lot of blue black commanders that exist purely for that ability. But also, this is a fucking haymaker in the command oh zone. Oh my god, yeah, it Seven is. Seven mana is a lot, but you're going to basically wipe the board if this thing can make it one turn after you cast it. I don't know how often that'll happen with your seven mana commander and having to untap with it. That doesn't sound like well, a recipe not, for It's goodness. not even wipe the board only either. It's it's in Garuk's wake. It's, you're going to wipe the board of everyone else's creatures and make slugs in the process. Yeah, and That's you true. build up a huge I presence here. I do love that you, your slugs, or even the things with slime counters on them, are never punished by Toxrel. So like, even if like you want a slime counter on your creature, it's never going to get minus one, minus one, no matter what the scenario <laughs> is. If you really want to slime your yeah, own I don't creature. know why you would want that, but yeah, sure, that, that's <laughs> That's true. It's just, and it's it's not each each end step. So yours, they all get minus one. So all the mana jerks are dead right away. By the time it gets back to you, Krom is dead. And even things that are bigger than that are going to keep shrinking. If if there's an Elish Norn or something like that that's in play, eventually it will die. It's it's going to slowly start withering away. So I I really think this card is a, is a very powerful blue black commander. Although there are many powerful blue black commanders that can do what this does because. You're going to be playing Consultation. You're going to be playing Fast as Oracle. You're going to be doing all those things. You just might want to lean a little bit more into a control deck with Toxic. That's the thing. What I like about this is that it gives you even more utility in the command zone. Because the problem with a lot of those other blue-black decks is that you have this commander and you're completely ignoring it until you're trying to win the game. Una is a good example of Una that. Una is of. like this. Kells is like this. Like they're, They add zero other value besides an outlet in the command zone. At least if you have seven mana or like a jeweled lotus you're going to be able to get tox roll out and actually affect the board in a meaningful way and it's nice that you don't have to play board wipes in your deck because normally you don't really want to do that in cdh you don't want to play board wipes because it's tapping out to get rid of a bunch of things for your opponents to benefit from those things not being played it doesn't really work out but having this as an option for a board wipe in the command zone i feel like makes it it's much better i might still want deluge deluge might be okay yeah, yeah but like okay. i wouldn't play damnation in this deck now yeah. Yeah. yeah you already got enough but if you find yourself with seven mana the, the odds are that there are a bunch of stacks pieces and a lot of those are creatures yeah. and the fact that it removes the stack pieces that may be stopping you from winning as it's added value like it gets you out of the specific situation that, that might yeah. get you at the point and that if you're you want to play your own stacks pieces if you want to play your own back to basics or things like that now you have a clock in the command zone too because you're making slugs so you get to slowly but surely this is a seven seven three hits to one player is going to kill him you get to attack the other player with the slugs as you make them you can actually put some pressure on the ad nauseum decks as you try to control the board yeah that's very true yeah Toxel, i'm very excited to see Toxrel next week, and I'm sure y'all are too. All right, we're going to move on no. to our <laughs> <I'm scared>. <laughs> next commander, uh, Old Rustine. Love this name. Uh, this is one, a black and a green for a 1-4 legendary creature, Human Peasant. When Old Rustine enters the battlefield or at the beginning of your upkeep, mill a card. If a land card is milled this way, create a treasure token. If a creature card is milled this way, create a 1-1 one, one green insect creature token. And if a non-creature, non-land card is milled this way, create a blood token. Right, so why the hell are we talking about this card? I think this card is an option for Golgari Food Chain in CDH. Uh, if you can get your Food Chain loop off with Eternal Scourge, because that's the only one you don't get, you don't get the Goblin, you don't get the Missile Griffin. But if you're able to get the Food Chain combo off with this one and make infinite creature mana, you can cast Old Rustine a billion times. Now, eventually, you run out of cards in your deck. So the version that I'm tinkering with now plays the Titans from Gitrog, so that you can shuffle all that stuff back in. And eventually, you'll make infinite treasures, infinite one ones, uh, and infinite blood tokens. And then with those blood tokens, you can kind of infinitely loot through your deck to find anything else that you would need, like a finale of de devastation to make your thing, your little idiots, gigantic and have haste and you can attack your opponents. Um, is it going to be the best food chain deck? I don't know. We never know the answer to this question. Probably not. More colors is usually better. But this is an option for Golgara food chain, which up until now, I think the only other option has been like something weird with Ishkana, the spider, and you need like something else oh, to make yeah. that happen. And ugh, I don't know if that's very good. But this one might actually be able to do something the real question is is this the ninth fragile <laughs> golgari, <laughs> golgari commander that we're going to play on this channel yeah, it seems yeah. like every time every That's time golgari is good at yeah, yeah. it's just fragile the but what i like about this though is that while you are 
discarding to kind of mold your hand and find your win condition, you still have the Titans in there, right? So, like, you can find Titans and then put, like, everything back in so that you don't worry about decking yourself in that scenario, too. Yeah, and, and Food Chain, I like, if you're going to be playing Fragile, Golgari, Ad Nauseam deck, I like Food Chain because it makes your mana dorks that you kind of don't really want to play but sort of want to play a little bit better because your Food Chain can make them into more mana so that you can cast your other creatures and whatnot and your commander and stuff. Normally, the, the mana dorks are not great out of Ad Nauseam decks because you can't do anything on them with the, on the same turn. But food chain decks can kind of make use of that. So I kind of like that about gold. Rain of food. <laughs> yeah, rain of food. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Cloudy with a chance of meatball. Yeah. Card. Um, yeah, so I, I'm also very excited to see this commander go off. So um, you might hear me say that all the time. All right, the next commander we're going to talk about is Grolnok. Did I say that right? Grolnok? 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 Uh, I've been saying Grolnok. But... Grolnok. I mean, I, no one's saying Grillnock. Everyone's already saying Kermit, so don't don't even bother, <laughs> <All laughs> honestly, learning the real name. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, so it's an omnivore. Um, it's also a legendary creature frog, 3-3, three, three, that costs two and a green and a blue. And it says, whenever a frog creature you control attacks, mill three cards. Whenever a permanent card is put into your graveyard from your library, exile it with a croak counter on it, ribbit, ribbit. If you play lands and cast spells from among cards you own in exile with a croak counter on them. Tyler, do you want to talk about this card? Oh, I certainly do. Um, I've been playing this deck already, and I like it a lot. Um, the main focus is Hermit Druid. It is um, obviously the goal is to just put your entire deck into your graveyard while your commander is out. And then with all the permanents in your graveyard, you should be able to assemble a win, which will usually be some combination of Thassa's Oracle and Fast Mana. And you have a good chance of being able to protect it with a Cavern of Souls or something like that. Um, the deck runs Exploration, too, for that reason. And um, even if you're not going right for the combo, it just feels like a lot of value. If you're running a Muldrotha-like deck where you are relatively low on instants and sorceries, which most lists are, um, it feels like drawing three cards every time you're swinging with a frog. And so um, it, it's very powerful because it, it feels like an all-in combo deck that can also hang in mid-range if it has to and if it gets stacked out and continue to add value. So I think this is really powerful and, and probably is a real deck. Yeah, I, I agree with you. Yeah, from what I've seen, it seems like a Simic good stuff deck, which those decks tend to be good enough. If you can get some value out of your commander, you can be in blue-green you can probably make a deck that is good enough to compete at the high tables i think and this card does that like you said it, it effectively draws you cards and it allows you access to a very efficient win condition which is exactly great. exactly it's a thrasios like commander like that. yeah yeah kind of yeah i'm not sure it's right to run it i will say but i've got to say it feels incredible to traumatize yourself and have it feel like ad nauseum it is a <laughs> five mana spell where you get half your library and it's that just is, ad yeah it is, that's like a five mana that is what it is basically. yeah yeah oh also we would be remiss if we didn't mention that it it is the best deck for Intuition, um, other than maybe Brea, but Intuition is just, you have access to all three of those cards. Yeah, right. Three mana, yeah, two to three. It's just tutor for three cards, um, and you can use them when your commander's out. Yeah. It's pretty great. Mm -hmm. That is true, yeah. I love commanders that make already very good cards extremely better. You yes. know what I mean? Cards, commanders that make Hermit Druid and Intuition good, that's a good starting point, right? From there, that's a good spot to be, and then you're in blue-green, so someone from there's got to be good. Thanks, Kermit. <laughs> um, all right, we're going to move on to the last of the commanders that we're going to see next week. Uh, this will be Anya, Maid of Dishonor. So this is a two and a black and a red for a four five legendary creature vampire. Whenever Anya, Maid of Dishonor, and or one or more other vampires enter the battlefield under your control, create a blood token. This ability triggers only once each turn. For two mana, you can sacrifice another creature or a blood token to essentially drain each opponent for two life. Um, so the theory behind this card is that this is a World Gorger Dragon outlet. So if you have Anya in play and you are able to set up a World Gorger Dragon scenario, what you can do with that mana, each time that you blink Anya, you're actually able to create another blood token because... Uh, even though it says that you can only trigger that ability once each turn, that instance 
is renewed, essentially, because she's entering the battlefield again and blanked. There's a moment there where you're able to use that infinite mana to sacrifice the blood token and then drain each opponent for two so that as you're going through the loop, each opponent is losing two life. And what I like about this is that you don't even need a second creature in the graveyard to kind of stop the world gorger dragon loop. As you're going through it, your opponents are just going to die, so it's essentially going to end the game before it would stall out to a draw, essentially. Yeah, one of the big issues with Animate Dead decks with World Gorger Dragon a lot of time is you need another creature in the graveyard because if you don't, your Animate Dead and World Gorger Dragon will loop forever and you won't actually be able to win the game. Um, with Anya out, like Cameron was saying, you can make infinite mana and then make infinite blood tokens because every time Anya comes back in, she will be reset and she doesn't remember that you just told her that you can only do that once per turn because she is blinked in herself. Um, and then so you can just drain everyone with everyone without ever having to have a creature in the graveyard. Pretty good. So now this will join Sisse as one of those commanders where you have to say, which one? <laughs> so we do have exactly. another Anya. Yeah. Yeah, there, yeah. yeah, there is another Anya, which also wins with World Gorger Dragon, which is potentially better than this one. Uh, that Anya, you have to play 30 uh, Madness cards or get to play 30 Madness cards, I get however you want to play it. Um, this Anya World Gorger deck does not to have to play with a bunch of bad cards. You can play with as many good cards as you want, but Croxa also plays Animate Dead World Gorger Dragon and gets to do that same thing. Croxa is a little bit more controlling. You're playing Pyroclasm, so maybe if you want to play World Gorger Dragon, but you don't want to play a bunch of Madness cards and you don't want to be controlling, maybe this version of Anya is a deck that you can use. Yeah, it's nice that you do have an outlet in the command zone. It doesn't necessarily... It can necessarily draw your cards. You know, when it comes into play, you know, you're able to loot off that blood token at least. But it's not necessarily like a, a card advantage commander in that case. You know, we're just trying to stretch the imagination at that point. But There's, there's probably better things to be doing, but it is in Rakdos Commander that does what most Rakdos Commanders do, which is work yeah, with so, one Gorger Dragon. Yeah, exactly. So I'm excited to, to see how this deck goes. I'm excited about all of these decks here. So that will about cover the commanders that we're going to see next week. We we have one more multicolor card that we want to talk about that is um, Halana and Alana Partners. This is two, a red and a green for a 2-3 legendary human ranger. It has first strike and reach. It also says at the beginning of combat on your turn, put X plus one plus one counters on another target creature you control where X is Halana and Alana's power. That creature gains haste until end of turn. Yeah, so this one seems very confusing for a CDH set review, and I, I admit that. But I think, and I'm not sure, but I think it might do something in Sisse, Captain Sisse, the one that tutors for things. Um, putting two plus one plus one counters on Sisse allows Sisse to tutor for more things. Giving your elk haste allows the elk to be used right away. It's a legendary creature. I'm not sure if it finds a home in that slot in that deck because that deck is already tight for slots. Um, but Halana seems to do things that that deck is interested in doing, so it might be something to look at for that. But other than that, I. I don't think just using it as a power buff is really what you want to be doing with this. Giving your elk haste or your sisse bigger so that it can tutor for more things, that's the interesting thing that I think is about this card. That's I would all. agree, yeah. I don't necessarily like see this as a standalone commander. Just a, a, a card for the 99 if you need this effect. If you need a haste yeah. effect on a legendary the creature or really something nice. like that, yeah. that, you know, that's that's nice. Exactly. Um, before we leave multicolored, uh, we could also talk about Torrens real quick. Torrens Fist of Angels. Oh, yes. Torrens Fist of Angels. So uh, this is a one, a green, and a white for a legendary creature human cleric. Torrens is a 2-2 two -two with training. Uh, I guess uh, training's a new mechanic. We I can should talk read. about it. Yeah, so uh, it says whenever this creature attacks with another creature uh, with greater power, put a plus one, plus one counter on this creature. So it's like the opposite of Mentor. Yeah. Yep. Um, this one, I think, is probably mostly in the casual realm, but having seen um, something like Adeline from the last set actually do pretty well as a stacks deck that just beats down with humans very quickly, I kind of have a newfound respect for that sort of strategy. Yeah. So I think it's definitely fringe, but I think there's something there uh, in terms of a, a stacks deck that is just focused on quick beatdowns because yeah. it, it that does that is a powerful effect and it does make things bigger. Did you actually say what it does or did you stop at training? I stopped at training, yeah. Let's say what it does real oh, quick also right. before we talk about it. <laughs> It also says that whenever you cast a creature spell, create a 1-1 green and white human soldier 
creature token with training. So it makes one ones that will also get bigger if you get to attack with it. And I agree with you. Win con list stacks is a strategy that has been seeing a lot more play lately because I think it is a realm that has not been super explored in CDH recently. So people are looking to explore it, which I think is great and fun. Uh, and this might be a card that goes in a deck like that. I don't know if it is at the helm of a deck like that. Kamala Probably just seems not. like the best yeah. thing for a deck like that. But uh, Torrens might be an option for a way to kind of build an army in a can if you're going to jam your deck with 40 creatures anyway. Kamal Timna. I mean, like right there, this is like a perfect card to throw in there, I would say, if you're trying to do that specific... Abzan, if you actually want to win with combat damage in CDH, this could be a, you know part of your go-wide strategy, perhaps. Yeah. yeah. All right, so we are going to uh, move on. We're going to talk about our singular green card, which could also technically be a multicolor card. Um, this card is Dig Up. It is one green mana for a sorcery. It has Cleave, which is an alternate cost um, that says that if you pay the Cleave cost, uh, you can remove the words that are in brackets. Uh, so its Cleave cost is one, two black, and a green. You can keep going. I just got it. Oh, okay. <laughs> uh, you can search your library for a basic land card, reveal it put it into your hand, then shuffle. So if you paid its cleave cost, essentially what it says is uh, you can search your library for any card and put it into your hand. So it's a demonic tutor. Right. Should we just should we just whine about cleave first and then yes. talk about the card? Yes, I think that's really what we should do. Because first of all, in order to explain what that card was, not only did I have to use quotation marks, which sucks because this is a, a podcast that a lot of people are not seeing video for not seeing it. you do air quotes yes exactly um and i had to read the card twice and explain what it was twice the thing with the overload mechanic which i feel like is sort of the most similar because it's like hey yeah. replace these words is you can just in your head go okay every time i said target i instead say each or every or what you yeah. know whatever it is i feel like that one processes pretty naturally this one i you always have to read the card yeah. twice because it is not instinctual at all and i i think it's messy i mean as as yeah. a a software person myself like i kind of <laughs> i kind of admire its efficiency but it's not user friendly yeah no yeah. i agree yeah i think a split cards is just a better version of exactly what this yeah. is trying to do i mean everything is kicker right but this also i although i didn't really mind it when i first looked at it the more that i think about the reasons why it's clunky it does make sense that it's, it's clunky. very i'll say it it's ugly yeah i just think it's I, ugly. I don't mind i'm kind of with you i can kind of like figure it out and I I, I get it, but I, I understand that it is. It's hard to explain what it does. It's hard to yeah. say what it is. Um, that being said, I'm not even sure if this one is particularly good. Uh, both rates are not really things that you want to be doing, searching for a basic land or four mana for a tutor. But the fact that it does both of those things is something to think about. This reminds me of another card, the Delirium one, that lets you search for a land or a creature. I can't remember the name of it. It's for uh, one green mana. Traverse the Ovenwald. The Ovenwald. Yeah. And that one just sees no play. And I think this might be worse than that. Especially if you're already in green, black, green, black, you have the best tutors. But I just thought it was worth bringing up because a tutor for anything is a powerful effect. And if you want, I mean, it only flips off one off of the ad nauseum. And if you ad nauseum and hit this for one, and then you can make a bunch of mana and use the tutor effect, it'll still win you the game. I don't know if it'll be the most efficient way to do it, but it'll be helpful. That is the biggest upside to cleave, at least for CEDH, is that the mana cost for the actual card is small. Is incredibly small. Yeah. Um, I love kicker. I think kicker's a great mechanic. I'm gonna like playing this mechanic because I like kicker. I just hate the way it looks and I have to stare at it and it sucks. They should have just done kicker again. There was no there was no reason. I mean, they should right. just change everything to kicker. They really should. <laughs> it's flavorfully fine. Yeah. All right, we're going to move on to the red card. So our first red card is Reckless Impulse. One in a red for a sorcery. It says exile the top two cards of your library until the end of your next turn. You may play those cards. Right, so this is a two-mana draw two. Um, this effect doesn't see play a ton, but it sometimes does in low-color decks, um, specifically the black one. You lose two life, draw two cards. Fuck. Uh, sign in blood? Si no, not sign in blood. But this Night's is Whisper. Night's Whisper. Specifically, cards like Night's Whisper. I see that card a lot in uh, in low color black decks. Maybe this sees play in a Goto deck or something. I just it's also kind of the cheapest that we've seen this effect in a while. Besides, light up the stage. Light up the stage is three or one mana, and which it's is a, situational. Yeah, and it's a three mana CMC. This is a two mana CMC, which is a little better off of ad nauseum. Um, it's close. It's close to considerable. I think if you're in the ballpark for wantings, instants and sorceries, and you're in red, I think this is something. 
Yeah. No, I would agree. I would agree. It's just nice to have that extra card advantage, I think. Yeah. And um, the other one that I was thinking is like Charter Course. Sure. Yeah. It's Charter like, Course. We'll see play from time to time. I don't mm-hmm. feel incredibly embarrassed playing Charter Course in the right deck. Yeah. Same with this one. In the right deck, this is going to do what you need to do. Especially decks, yeah. Uh, the next one is Mirage Phalanx. So this is a four and two red for a four four creature human soldier. It has Soul Bond. And it says, as long as Mirage Phalanx is paired with another creature, each of those creatures has, at the beginning of combat on your turn, create a token that's a copy of this creature, except it has haste and loses soul bond. Exile it at the end of combat. So what I like about this card is that it goes infinite with Combat Celebrant. Which is nice. Yep, it sure does. Uh, there are a lot of effects that are like this. Red effects that are either mm-hmm. top or bottoms of some type of kiki combo, making infinite attacking creatures. And this does that. Isn't that ballpark? It sure does. It costs it costs an awful lot to do it. It's probably but, one of the worst ones. <laughs> yeah, definitely up there with one of the worst But ones. in a world of Winotas, where there's a possibility of it coming down for free, mm, that could be something. worth it. That, that is that the thing, yeah. yeah. You yeah, get it in be- for free. It, it You won't get it that combat. Right. But getting it the next combat. But boy, you do not want to draw it. No, you do not want to draw it. Yeah. Um, We can probably talk about Dominating Vampire next because this one is also just kind of a joke that combos with Kiki Jiki that I wanted (laughs) to bring up for hilarious reasons. And two red for a 3 3 creature vampire. And when it enters the battlefield, gain control of target creature with mana value less than or equal to the number of vampires you control until end of turn. Untap that creature, it gains haste until end of turn. So if you have five vampires, this will go infinite with Kiki Jiki. Hooray! You always do. (laughs) Yeah. If you're in uh, Edgar Markov CDH and for some reason you're looking for a Kiki line with a vampire, you also get, you're in white, so you would get Village Bellringer in that case too. So like Edgar it's, Kiki, there's a exactly. line. I mean, you're playing Buried Alive anyway for Animate Dead stuff. So you, oh, if, yeah. if you can Buried Alive, a Kiki Jiki, a Felidar Guardian, and a Karmic Guide, and you Animate Dead the Karmic Guide, Karmic Guide brings back the Kiki Jiki, tap the Kiki Jiki to make a copy of the Karmic Guide to get the Felidar Guardian. So, you know what I mean? You're already there. Wow. You're already wow. there. Yeah. Okay. Why not just make yeah. it add, add an extra challenge by requiring five, five vampires? Vamp- five vampires. That's nothing. That's that's two and a half cast vampires. There you go with Edgar. You. Yeah, exactly. So you're if you make- were sick of easy mode. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Which exactly. is why you'd play Edgar anyway. You want to play ad nauseum, but you're kind of <laughs> sick of easy mode. Play Edgar. Play Edgar. Yeah. All right, our next card is Change of Fortune. This is three and a red for a sorcery. Discard your hand, then draw a card for each card you've discarded this turn. Old Anya, three mana Anya, would love something like this, I would imagine. 100%. Yeah, that's um, it's a kind of a, a bad Wheel of Fortune, but maybe in the right situations, a four mana, very, very, very good Wheel of Fortune in that deck especially. Yeah, yeah for it, sure. It's not going to go in like the regular Wheels deck because it only affects you instead of the opponents. But this is still... Very niche and very wanted in those niche scenarios, though. Well, and something I think we've talked about, too, is that if you're in an Underworld Breach LED line, then the odds are you've discarded a lot more cards than normal, um, especially if you've gone through a couple normal wheels. So if for some reason you you need to um, draw a ton of extra cards or can't can't escape regular wheel enough times, Mm -hmm. there are some real weird corner cases where you might actually want to have this available in your graveyard. Right. Or even if you are in, like, Red Black Ad Nauseam and you Ad Nauseam for a whole bunch and you have enough to play breach lion's eye diamond lotus petal and then you crack all of those for discard your entire you know 20 cards you draw off the ad nauseum cast a change of fortune from your graveyard yeah. draw another 20 cards yeah. or 30 cards or whatever that can that can be really good that's, that's an even better use case yeah. yeah that can that can be fun um but it's a format of card in your ad nauseum deck so that's a little sketchy <laughs> yeah in fact it's powerful it could be good yeah. in the right you know christmas land it's good very true very true all right so our next card is another potential Cleave card, yeah. Cleave card, potential multicolor card is what I'm trying to say. Um, So this is Alchemist Gambit. This is one and two red for a sorcery. Its cleave cost is four, two blue, and a red. That's seven mana. Seven mana. Already so much. So this is just what the card says. Uh, Take an extra turn after this one. During that turn, damage can't be prevented. At the beginning of that turn's end step, you lose the game. And if you paid the cleave cost... It's just to take an extra turn. At the beginning of the game is the part that is in uh, uh, brackets. Uh, yes. 
Final Fortune is a card that is reasonable in some decks, a two-mana extra turn effect that allows you to mm -hmm. lose the game at the end of the next turn. Um, Obeka is a commander that likes to play that effect. Obeka already has three of that effect at two mana. Maybe he wants a fourth one at three mana. I'm not really sure. Um, that's really the only spot that this would be good at. Yeah, correct. I don't ever see this getting cast for seven mana. No, probably not. Just a straight-up extra turn. Um, no, probably not. But it is a, an extra turn spell that only hits you three off of the Ad Nauseam. And Obeka, I think, is the commander yeah. that would want this. If, if a commander 100%. would want it, I think Obeka is the one that would look at it. Because Obeka can forget that end yeah. of turn clause no matter what. And then you just have a three-mana extra turn spell, and that's pretty good. Slot that right in. Slot that right in. What do you have to say about that, Tyler? Uh, I have nothing. I mean, the only seven-mana extra turn spell that you run is Nexus of Fate. That's what I have to say. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Great. All right, so we're going to move on to black cards. Uh, we have another cleave. This is Path of Peril. It is one and two black for a sorcery. Its cleave cost is four, a white and a black. It says destroy all creatures with mana value two or less. And if you paid its cleave cost, it's destroy all creatures. Right, yeah. So this is um, kind of a, a different version of Dam. I saw someone online say this should yeah. be called Darn. I think that's funny. This is I just, think that's funny, too. <laughs> just yeah. like the little version. Uh, at first, I thought this card was definitely bad, and then I thought maybe in Timna decks. Uh, Timna can sometimes want a Wrath effect, but you don't really want to because you're playing your Timna creatures, but this destroys all creatures of Man Valley 2 or less, so it doesn't destroy Timna. Um, so I think that can be... That can be not bad, um, and it can also be a six-mana wrath, I guess, when you need to as well. There are probably better options, but that was the one situation that I thought might this might be good in. Some three-mana or greater commanders probably do want this if they're in few enough colors, but we have to admit, it's not really a cleave card because in the CDH context, you are more or less never going to cast it for six. It right. is just three mana destroy destroy all yeah. creatures. And then at the same time, like I'm, I'm really bummed because a lot of the, a lot of creatures I want to wrath are three. Like I want, I want to get rid of your opposition agent. I want to get rid of your, uh, your rule of law creature, the Eidolon. Like, there's a lot of stuff that I'm a little bit bummed. This doesn't get. I don't care that it gets rid of Dockside because Dockside's already got its value at that point. I think when it's gonna shine is when you're in Timna stack decks against yeah. other green based stack decks. So you get to get rid of Collector Oof and all their mana dorks with this three mana card and keep your Timna around and still get them. I think that's the situation. That's the situation when it's gonna be good when you can like get rid of just one thing and also. Get get an attack that you wouldn't have been able to get before with Timna. Something like that is, I think that's where this I card might be all right that. in. Yeah. All right, our next card is going to be Demonic Bargain. This is two and a black for a sorcery. Exile the top 13 cards of your library, then search your library for a card. Put that card into your hand. Then shuffle. Yeah, so um, it's this a card did something totally different in my brain until I just read it now <laughs> and then understood what the card did and went, oh, Oh, okay. This is completely different. <laughs> um, I'm thinking about it for food chain. If you want, yeah. uh, if you want to accidentally potentially exile your eternal scourge or some type of creature that can exist in exile while you look for a food chain, maybe this demonic bargain can do that. A um, little risky. You're probably not going to get that, you know, in the top 13, but maybe. But yeah, if, if the downside is playing a, a three mana, oh, that's a, exile food chain is scary. I guess you want to have it out, but <laughs> but the downside is a three mana tutor anything, which is not bad. It's just thirteen is is a lot. So it, it's in the use case where you want to exile something, that's great. But you're you're then balancing between I don't want to exile a piece that I really need, and I do want to exile only these specific things. Right. Yeah. Half the time though, like what you want to tutor for, if you're looking for a combo piece, you might have doubles of right. So if you have like Tain Impact and Demonic Consultation, if you exile one of them you just go get the other one and you can still pull off a win from there yep and this can also be good with things like worldly tutor you can worldly tutor for eternal scourge put it on top and then cast a demonic bargain knowing that you'll exile the eternal scourge mm -hmm. and hope that your food chain is below that 13 Meh. yeah still scary still a little scary still a little scary but that's only twice a demonic consultation and people sometimes throw that one out there willy-nilly that's so. true yeah this one's not a sort. This one's not an instant. Though. This is not twice. No, oh, you mean twice? Too. You mean twice the thirteen? Twice. Twice. Exile. I was like, yeah, it's three cards. times the mana. Yeah. Especially if, especially if you've gotten the, um, the eternal scourge on top of your library, then too. Three mana tutors are sometimes close enough. Praetor's Grass, Grim Tutor. These cards sometimes see play. Yeah, this, this is easier too. to cast and doesn't lose you three life, which is also kind there of. There you go. Those right? are relevant things. So here we go. Blue is next here. So our first blue card is another cleave card. Uh, this is Wash Away. It cost one blue to counter target spell that wasn't cast from its owner's hand. Its cleave cost is one and two blue. 
and you just get to counter a spell in that case. This is one of those cleave cards that I have a very hard time evaluating. It is hard, right? Yes. The thing is, with um, with most of the one mana carnage, um, Swan Song, Dispel, um, maybe Spell Snare, um, Spell Pierce that actually get run in CEDH, there's a, a very clear, like, you know, this probably hits about half of the things you want to counter, or maybe more in the case of, like, Swan Song, for example. Um, but... I, I don't think it's really clear how often uh, this is just very meta dependent, right? Yes. If there are must counter commanders um, at your table and you're playing CDH with friends who are routinely running that, I think this is a pretty reasonable option because the downside being counter anything for three is is pretty good. If if dispel could also counter anything else for three, I would be way high on dispel like that. Wow, card would be yeah, phenomenal. that's a good that's, that's a good way to think about it because cancel is terrible and I would never ever dream of playing it. But if it was, I hated in draft even. Why would I play it in? But CDH? if it was strapped to a dispel where like the dispel mode was yeah. good and then also you the three mana one is an option that's something you're right so relative to those spells i would say this is one of those like the floor is definitely lower like when it feels really bad it's going to feel a lot worse but the ceiling is higher in that you have that um, modal ability to maybe make it um, make sense to hold up you know three mana and other interaction and use it at the right time i mean if the board's really stacked out half the time you're holding three mana open anyway i, I will say one thing about a lot of the one mana spells in my opinion the reason why they're so good is they're good at stopping decks that are trying to win on the first turns of the game. Yes. Spell Pierce is great at countering Ad Nauseam. So is Swan Song. So is Dispel. That's why those cards are good. And Wash Away isn't great against those decks. Wash Away is really good against stopping a Krom. But do you want to stop the Krom or do you want to have instead a counter spell that can stop the Ad Nauseam? Probably you don't want to stop the crumb. You want to stop like a, a Najila or something like that. But so, like you said, if Najila is running rampant at your table, then maybe this is an option. But for me, the appeal for those counter spells a lot of times is they stop you from losing the game on turn one or two. But decks that want you want the the commander countered, or rather, would not want their commander countered, where this would be good against. It doesn't matter that it's one mana because those decks are winning later on in the game. So you have like more efficient ways to remove them later on. I, think I don't know that, if that makes yeah. sense. I think that's yeah. I think that's a really good point. Yeah. And and so yeah, I have to say I'm probably not trying it out as a one mana counter, but I'm I'm glad it exists. Yeah, it's an option. <laughs> it's interesting. Yeah. Right? It's the whole ad nauseum thing that we were talking about before applies to this card too, right? So it's not it's a, like it, it hits you one off ad nauseum instead rather than three. of for the three. Yeah. So like there is some kind of upside there, but I I think that. I'm agreeing with you guys. I think that the the niches that the one mana side is going to be like mega relevant is not really like amazing. Um, so we're going to move on to Hullbreaker Horror. Oh boy, ha <laughs> ha. This is one of my favorites from the set. This, this is, has got to be yeah. This has got to be my favorite. I think oh, yeah. honestly it is my favorite. Hands card from down. This, set. this is I, I. This is the Red Lobster here. Um, this is five and two blue for a seven eight creature Kraken Horror. This is, uh, it has flash, and it can't be countered. Uh, and whenever, if you plan on casting <laughs> yeah, it. Yeah, <laughs> really? Um, and whenever you cast a spell, choose one. You can either return a spell you don't control to its owner's hand, or, or you can return a non-land permanent to its owner's hand. I've gotten to play this card in Urza already. How and, do you feel about I'm so jealous. Oh, <laughs> so... It's nuts. It's so nuts. We should, so, right, so we should do the comparison of this is basically a second Tide Spout Tyrant. Yes. This card is very similar to Tide Spout Tyrant. Tide Spout Tyrant is three ma eight mana rather than seven mana. Uh, it has flying rather than flash and uncounterable. It's only a 5-5. Five five. It's only a 5-5 five five as opposed to a 7-8. Uh, and it can bounce lands as opposed to this Holebreaker can't bounce lands, but it can bounce spells. So it can bounce what the lands are casting. Exactly. For everything but the um, but the lands, I think this is just flat better than Tide Spout Tyrant almost across the board. Yeah. The control finisher scenario where you do want to bounce all your opponent's lands exists. So that can happen, but that is not usually the combo that Tide Spout is going for. It's usually infinite mana, and yeah. this will do that just as well just and, as and can't be countered. And I, it's I, it's just better. Yeah, exactly. And what I loved about having two of the effect in Urza was that you could use the Proteus Staff, you go get one, and if somebody bounces it to your hand, you went... STFU, I'm going to do it again with the staff on my next turn and then win there. Yeah, I, th I think that's why this card is so powerful, not to necessarily replace the Tide Spout Tyrant, but to give yeah. you a second Tide Spout Tyrant. Because exactly. Tide Spout is normally played in creatureless decks because you're polymorphing it into play. That's just how this card is normally seen into play. You could reanimate it, but there are better cards to reanimate, like World Gorger Dragon that work well with your reanimation things, or Razakath that can just you know do more. Mm -hmm. Tide Spout Tyrant's number one way to get into play is off of a polymorph. 
it morphed. <laughs> Kinnon. Yeah. <laughs> Normally, okay. yeah, that's true. Okay, yeah, some decks ramp into <laughs> yeah. like Kinnon. Now, you know, that's not always the case. But what is good about this is you can play two creatures now in your deck, and your polymorph effect is still just as pungent. It's still going to find one of these effects that will allow you to make infinite mana, thus, you know, winning the game with Urza if you have enough rocks to do it. But they, like Cameron said, if if something happens with one, you still have a backup option. Exactly. And that's kind of, that has been my favorite part about getting to play this in the already built Tide Spout decks is yeah. being able to have that second outlet is just so... In my opinion, I do think this one is better than Tide Spout, though. I think the bouncing of the lands is much, much, much less relevant in CDH. I don't think I've ever actually had my lands all bounce with the Tide Spout Tire in CDH. If the Tide Spout is in play, it's just winning through a different way. Um, and what is good about this is the reason why you want to bounce the lands is so that they can't cast their spells. But if you can just bounce their spells anyway, who cares? Bounce all of their other stuff besides their lands, and we're playing CDH, so they're going to have, like, three lands in play. They're going to try to cast their one spell, and you can bounce it back to their hand. And it can't be countered. Just you cannot overstate yeah. how powerful that is that is yes. why you yeah. don't run seven mana creatures in cdh in general right and the flash you can just wait you can hold yep. up your counter spells no one does anything all right I'll, i'm gonna control deck so i'm gonna tap all my seven to flash this big idiot in also we didn't talk about one of the most important things tassiger this is seven mana rather than eight meaning you can neoform tassiger oh my god into yeah. this which is you could not do from tights by tyrant before you could only yeah. use eldritch evolution so that is really good also because tassiger would love this effect tassiger wants to be playing control anyway this is the perfect finisher for tassiger that's true it's a fantastic with the two rocks in play already just make infinite mana and you can win with your tassiger exactly. and it, yeah it does exactly what you want to do and it, it yeah it's perfect for tassiger kenrith can uh eldritch evolution into it too. exactly like there's yeah. a bunch of five mana commanders that can do that that's seven mana versus eight mana is a big difference that big changes a lot of things there, weirdly yeah. enough even though you're not casting either one normally no yeah, yeah. it's the just neoform and eldritch evolution <laughs> existing make it different huh. hmm. kind of like eldritch evolution in the kenrith because that can also be a infinite mana outlet then too yeah kenrith right there exactly hmm. yeah interesting there yeah. we go all right okay well while i ponder that we're going to talk about consuming tide this is two and two blue for a sorcery each player chooses a non-land permanent they control return all non-land permanents not chosen this way to their owner's hand then you draw a card for each opponent who has more cards in their hand than you. Right, so the magical Christmas land for this card is it is a four mana bounce most of your pro your opponent's things. Draw three cards. Oops. So long, stacks pieces. If you're playing something like Rashmi where you're not playing a lot of permanents and you're not bouncing a lot of things and you're assuming they're all going to bounce their, you know, your cards to eight cards in hand and you have four and then you just draw three cards, that seems maybe okay. Yep. Uh, unfortunately, it's a sorcery, um, and uh, yeah. you know the obvious comparison is Cyclonic Rift, which which is pretty different. But you know, often it's going to be serving the same function, which is to clear a bunch of problematic stacks pieces or whatever. Um, however, I do think it it definitely has um, an upside beside just that draw, which is that um, because it's a sorcery and you're not ever trying to you know hold it up and cast it on an opponent's um, turn, you're almost certainly going to be able to rebuild and use the same fast mana that you use to cast it. So even though it costs four, which feels like a lot, I'm I'm more willing to forgive that four cost because I feel like you having the first opportunity to rebuild rather than casting it on an opponent's turn and their, their next player in turn order having the first opportunity yeah. to rebuild can be relevant. But it means um, you got to tap out for it, which is a scary thing to do. Also, they get to choose the non-land permanent. So they so choose, they keep their best thing. They keep their rule of law out. Like, you're not doing anything else after you do this. Yeah. You just kind of did, like, a, a mini phase out of everything, and then everyone else just kind of keeps the game going. Yeah, this, I mean, this, like a lot of the cards that we're talking about today, are probably not going to see it most of the time. But there are some decks that may want to look to this effect sometimes, right? Yeah, I'd agree. Um, all right, we're going to talk about Alchemist Revival. The best retrieval. cleave card. This is the best this cleave card. This is the card. best yeah. cleave card, an it, actually good one. Big time. It's Retrieval, by the way. It's not Revival. All right, great. Retrieval. <laughs> um, this is a one blue for an instant. Its cleave cost is one in a blue. You can return target non-land permanent you control to its owner's hand, but if you paid its cleave cost, you can return any non-land permanent to its owner's hand. Bounce your own dockside or bounce somebody else's thing for one mana. Yeah, yeah. yeah. pretty darn good. I, I mean, I still think it's worse than Chain of Vapor, but not by much. Not it's, by much. It's awfully no. close. Almost every deck wants Chain of Vapor plus one to three 
uh, bounce any permanent spells. What those ones are, are going to, we talk about this almost every set review and almost every set there is a spell that does something. It's a two mana bounce a permanent with some little extra effect and a lot of them are close to playable. In the right deck, this one's going to be really good. Yeah, and it slammed the door on Geist Wave being possibly playable very quickly, like l- months <laughs> after Geist Wave came out where we were like, maybe Geist Wave, yeah, it, it, no. it's gone, yeah. forget. The main reason why these bounce spells are so good is because Grixis decks are looking to bounce their own Dockside and replay it, but they also need to bounce very specific stacks pieces. So if you're in a deck that wants to be able to bounce a Rule of Law or bounce your Dockside Extortionist to make a whole bunch more mana... Uh, this card is definitely going to be good. Honestly, with Jessica Ishai, the whole reason why I don't like Chain of Vapor as much is because people just always, oh yeah, I'll, I'll totally sack a land to bounce your Ishai. And that's so obnoxious. But like being able to not only still be able to bounce my own Dockside for one mana, but then also having an uninteractable bounce spell like this for a stacks piece is just going to kind of turn that whole interaction on its head. Yeah, probably better than Chain of Vapor when you're ahead. I think Chain, you know, Chain of Vapor yeah. just wins when when you're behind or at parity because if your your thing is not the next most problematic thing on the board, mm-hmm. then you're paying one to get two things bounced and have an opponent sack yeah. a land, which is And the politi- yeah, the political aspect of Chain of Vapor is just so powerful because if someone's about to win, you yeah. can bounce somebody else's powerful thing and say, "Well, now you got to stop yeah. that person who's trying to win." The problem is that Ishai also has a lot of political power at the table too. <laughs> So it's just, yeah, big target there. So I'm very, very excited about this card. Second favorite card after Hallbreaker Horror, in case anyone has a bingo card. Yeah, big surprise. The blue cards are the best ones in the set. Those yes. two that we yeah, just talked about thought? are probably the most certainly CEDH 100% will see play cards that we've talked about today. Yeah. I think those last two are those ones. Who'd have thought? All right, so we're going to move on to the white cards. we got a couple here. This is Welcoming Vampire. Two and a white for a 2-3 creature vampire. It has flying. Whenever one or more other creatures with power two or less enter the battlefield under your control, draw a card. I wish it stopped there! But it doesn't. It says this ability triggers only once each turn. I remember reading this card. I'm like, oh my god, they did it! It's yeah, yeah, yeah! <laughs> That last part, the ability triggers only once each turn is a real big bummer. Really halts on what you can do with this card. It probably would have been maybe a little bit too good without that ability, but I think white deserves a a card that's a little bit too good. It it was so exciting because, you know, Mentor of the Meek, which is a card that sees plenty of play in casual, I think, um, you know, the big problem is you've got to pay two every time, which is a huge ask, and this comes very close. I think it's better than Mentor of the Meek because you don't have to pay it all, but yeah, they with that trigger, they, they definitely made it borderline for CEDH. Yeah, but I do think it is borderline. I do think it's close. In decks that are playing Rule of Law and are also playing Flash creatures like Avon Mind Sensor, this is once each turn. So it it can trigger on your opponent's turn too. Um, I'm excited to play this with White Mane Lion specifically so you can just keep bouncing your White Mane Lion. I think that's like my favorite and best use case for it. It is a flying creature with Timna. You know, it does does do a couple different things. Uh, It's unfortunate that that nerf is there at the back end, but I I think it's necessary. Yeah, Yeah, it's just unfortunately it, it does still come out as a three mana thing that doesn't do anything right away right. you're unlikely to be able to play something else right away that turn um unless you're later on in the game so yeah Ho- hopefully you know certain decks like you said yeah. certain stacks decks. the issue is just always going to be what the hell do you cut for this thing i mean this there's so right. many good cards now especially because of the last year I, I don't know what you cut for this card in any deck but White card draw, worth talking about every time we see it, especially if it's close to good enough. And in high power and casual, I think, like, in Edgar casual, oh, my God, this card is really good. It's just going to draw oh you a card God, every turn. It's eight be and really a half tails casual. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's very good, very good. All right, so our final card here is going to be Savior. Uh, I guess, okay, well, first of all, we're not talking about the lands because this is technically the final card. Yeah. The lands are not good for CEDH. We they're talked about them last for time. Casual. Yeah, yeah, but yeah, they're great for just... casual, not good for CEDH. Yeah, so that so this is our final card, Savior of the Allenbach. This is one and two white. Just Savior of Allenbach. Savior, no, he all of the Allenbach. <laughs> savior all of, of Allenbach. I don't know. This card, the name makes it sound like it's going to be a legendary creature, but it's not. It's a regular human soldier. Uh, it's a one-two, and it has training. And when Savior of Allenbach trains enter uh, exile up to one other target creature from the battlefield or creature card from the graveyard. When the savior leaves the battlefield, put the exiled cards onto the battlefield under their owner's control. Yeah, so this is kind of uh, a, uh, a, a, a an os- uh, what's the uh, fucking a, the, oblivion ring? Oblivion ring. This is kind of yeah. like an oblivion ring on a stick that you can use multiple times or priest of what's the priest? Like a parallax differ. wave I- almost. 
a parallax wave on a stick. Parallax the wave parallax, on a stick. When the parallax wave goes away, you get everything else again, too. Well, here's the thing. So it doesn't do it when it enters the battlefield. It does it when it trains. And in order to train, it has to attack, which means it is an O-ring next turn. And so I think, um, again, this is a high ceiling where if you're getting a lot of value out of it and you're triggering it you know, every turn, training it every turn, then, yeah, this is going to feel really great. But the fact that it costs three, comes down, doesn't do anything, and has to attack with a creature of greater power to, to do anything useful, I think means it's probably not seeing real real play. Well, what if I told you that you could reanimate a Razakath off of this, though? Because you can you can get something from your graveyard. So with Razakath in your graveyard, you attack with your savior, you train him up because your commander is Timna or something like that, and then you cast the one mana sacrifice and make four black mana spell. Calling the, ritual. Calling the week. Calling the week. Calling the week. So your commander is Tevishkram. Or, and then that works Tevish for... Zot. Tevish Zot. Man, fucking A. Or your commander uh, is Tevish Zot. four colored... <laughs> Timna deck with... Tevish. So yeah, so here's the magical Christmas land that I'll spell out for you. You're playing Timna Tevish Zot. You play Savior. It doesn't do anything. You have to wait your entire turn after you've played this two white pips and a th so three total mana. Yep. You play this. You have to untap. You also have to have a bigger creature in play before you play this you have to have a two mana creature two power creature before so you have to play timna first then you play this and do anything then you wait until your next turn then you somehow discard your razakath exile it with savior when you train and then use tevish to sacrifice it to get the razakath and play right away that sounds like the same number of steps as most game winning combos and <laughs> less likely. So yeah, yeah. Uh, not, yeah, not great, but I thought it was an interesting effect. Uh, the, but the ceiling, like you said, the ceiling is pretty high. Yeah. So yeah. I, I think it, maybe it's worth talking about. And it's stuff from your own graveyard too. So you can kind of use this in like a reanimation stuff. If you're looping something with you know doing Sun Titan stuff and you know Tevish stuff and Razakath stuff, and this could be another piece to the puzzle that can kind of help you push along your strategy using your own graveyard or potentially get rid of something that is being scan your opponent's side of the board. But I, feel, I, I feel like its home is in some sort of white-black strategy that's trying to do that. Um, and I don't really see a home for it outside of that. Yeah, yeah. And I don't think the strategy is for probably very good. <laughs> yeah, no. <laughs> um, well, that was our last card. So what do we think, guys? What do we think of the set in general? There um, are so many cards that we did not talk about today that I'm excited for in casual, like vampires and werewolves that I think are going to be very good. I don't think any of them are good in CDH, so we did not talk about them today. Um... Yeah, I don't know. What do you think about Tyler? Yeah, tons of really close stuff that is definitely going to be exciting for casual. And also, as a, as a big limited player, I'm really excited about how this plays in limited. I found um, Midnight Hunt to be a really fun set in limited, and this one seems like it's it's shaping up along the same lines. Um, I definitely do think uh, of of the commanders that um, probably the, the blue-black one, um, Toxrill and um, Girl Knock, are, are the most exciting. But I think those are, are actually going to make a splash. Yep, I'm, I I'm definitely really think so. I think those happen. two commanders are going to see some play. I think um, Holebreaker Horror and Alchemist Retrieval are going to see some play. I'm excited to play them. Um, I think people will try out Wash Away, uh, and I think I would not be surprised if... Uh, no, I would be surprised basically if anything else saw a reason to play. I think I would <laughs> yeah. be actually surprised. Yeah. But, uh, but maybe, you know, maybe somewhere maybe it has a home. Yeah, so... Thanks again, Moxfield, for sponsoring this episode. Don't forget to go to the Moxfield link down below. If you want to purchase any of the cards that we talked about today, you can purchase them right through that Moxfield link. Or you can follow any of us for the deck list that we do all the time. That's true. You can follow us on Moxfield down below also. Do that. Thank you so much for watching. If you'd like to support us directly, you can do so at Patreon like our $50 patrons. Marcellus Jordan, Good Friday, Samuel Warner, CZ, Jan Wildfang, Adrian Grimm, Tommy the Oddball, Swampy McGee, Peter Larson, Cameron James, Jormags, Jimmy Midnight, Mad Mad 667, Baby Jeebus, Mario 13 HDZ, and Moxfield. Thanks, y'all. Check out our bonfire store for our t-shirts, sweatshirts, and all of our other merch. Our Alter Sleeve link still gives you 5% off down below. You can check out our website, playtowinmtg.com. We have playmats and tokens, and we have some new stuff coming up too soon. Thanks for watching. See you next time. Bye. Everyone's been asking about the playmats and sleeves. We have skull playmats, and we have play to win sleeves. They're coming. We're trying to figure out shipping, but it's, it's almost figured out. So very soon, very soon.
Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.